Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The home for nerds, geeks, and freaks. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Hello, nurses. This is Wacko from Animaniacs, and you're listening to The Riley and Kimmy Show. You know why? Because you're smart. See you later. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you'll know The Riley and Kimmy Show Oh yeah, welcome to the Riley and Kimmy Show You know, I was actually singing that jingle off mic as Homer J. Simpson Mm-hmm Yes Yes, reason, you were Yes, I was And the reason I was doing that is because it's a Saturday morning cartoon alternative show With the Riley and Kimmy Show You want me to do it again? No, that's okay why not? Come on. You sure? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> now you're putting me on the spot. I don't know if I can do it. Riley and Kimmy show. What do you think? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. You, you like that? All right. Yeah. Wow. I, I, you know, I have a feeling Katie right now, Katie Roberts, the singer of the jingle there with uh, outdated slang, is either rolling in laughter or in horror <laughs> and maybe the horror is a good thing because she really does like horror movies and things like that mm-hmm. you know so maybe i should hey you know i have and we have by the way thank you to them their brand new cd you know i could i could do covers of them doing their covers i could cover them mm. as homer mm. what do you think you like that idea uh, I'm, I'm kinda, no i wonder if they'd like to sing with homer i mean you know i, I could do that yeah. Okay, no. okay, Kimmy's not liking an idea on the Saturday morning cartoon alternative show. And that is what's going on. If you're listening to the show, the date is uploaded, number 567. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Did we do your little cartoon opening? Well, you know, your, your introduction, your cartoon introduction. No. no, we didn't? Okay, who's sitting right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! And you know, Kimmy, one of the things I have to stress here for those who have just joined the Riley and Kimmy show recently, we do say this from time to time, that really is you. That is you. I've had some people ask me that in the past. That is Kimmy. When Kimmy was old, probably between two and a half and three years of age, we're trying to figure out the exact age. We don't know Mm -hmm. uh, because her father was a big audiophile, had very good audio equipment and had all these big reel-to-reels and professional uh, microphones and stuff like that, and he would record you, and that's one of the segments I lifted when we started the show. He was trying to teach me my first, middle, and last name. See? And that is part of the Riley and Kimmy show and always will be, right? Mm -hmm. So it really is Kimmy, even though I refer to it kind of as a cartoon thing, because Kimmy is a cartoon. That is me. Aren't you? You're kind of like a cartoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you sure are. And welcome. I I don't know if you're a Warner Brothers or Hanna-Barbera. I just have not figured that one out yet. I don't know which you are, but that's kind of funny because we're talking about both those studios because we will be tying them all together here with the Riley and Kimmy show. One of the things, speaking of cartoons, less than a week away, 
I'm going to be in nerd heaven, and so is Kimmy, because we're going to be attending the Tampa Bay Comic Con, and we're going to see a very good friend to the Riley and Kimmy show. He is a master of pop culture, an excellent interviewer, and an MC of panels. He is just fantastic to watch and attend. He's I, I just I mean he's got good he's got good vibe going there. I mean he's just good. He's really good with people. And that is Mark B. Lee. Now coming up on Friday, and let me take a look here. Friday the what is that? The thirty first, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Friday the thirty first. In Tampa, at the Tampa Bay Comic Con, he's hosting the Saturday Morning Cartoons Interactive Panel, a flashback Saturday kind of thing going on. And that's happening Friday at 3 o'clock in room number 5. He is your host, and he's going to be talking about all kinds of things, Kimmy. I have a feeling one of the things he will talk about is... Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. Conjunction, junction, how's that function? I got three favorite cards that get most of my job done. Yeah, I have a feeling he'll be talking about Conjunction Junction, the schoolhouse rock thing, and including this one. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the Capitol City. Yeah, he'll be talking about schoolhouse rock, I'm sure. He'll also be talking about my, one of my favorite cartoons. And I have, have to know, I know it is one of his as well, and that is Johnny Quest, also Space Ghost. Flintstones and so many things, Hanna-Barbera and Warner Brothers and all those type of things that happened on Saturday mornings years ago. And he hasn't told me this, but I know he's you know doing cartoons from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, but I have a feeling he might also do some of the live action TV shows of that time period for the Saturday mornings, you know, like one of our favorites. <laughs> be talking about florida that's what he's gonna be talking about florida mm-hmm. right actually my yard it just looks like from the land of the lost mm-hmm. from time to time it does i let it go it's natural okay it's natural florida you know give me a break if i wanted a yard like i had up in the midwest up in the north i would still be in the midwest in the north but i have a florida type yard a natural yard correct mm-hmm. that's right and you know i would love him to talk about one of my favorite creatures that is i would love to cosplay as this this character and that is <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool to cosplay as a Slee Stack? Oh, yeah. Now, you know, the Slee Stack costume, the Slee Stack actually appeared in a very big TV show a few years after that show ended. Do you know what show it appeared in? It was on an NBC show that it didn't make an appearance Mm-mm. in. It was a top show. The A-Team, it, it makes an appearance, uh, the, the Slee Stack does. There, it's, mm. in a, it's in a, in a backlot kind of scene that they do. Uh, I believe they were at Universal Studios or maybe they were at some movie lot. I don't remember. It does. And also uh, because of one of the characters who just happened to have been on Battlestar Galactica, one of the Cylons makes an appearance as well, too. Hmm. You know, Dirk Benedict. You know, yeah. He was on it. So it's kind of a cool thing. So, yeah, the Slee Stack outfit, if I remember right, uh, George Papard wore that. Uh, he actually wore it, I think, if I remember right, in the scene. Oh, wow. I, or at least he's holding the head of it. I can't oh. remember how it works out. It's been a long time since I've seen that. See where we go? Maybe Mark B. Lee will know that. You know, he's Mr. Noble about all this kind of nerd kind of stuff. So that big event, Saturday morning cartoons happening. That is next Friday, this upcoming Friday in Tampa Bay at the Tampa Bay Comic 
Khan. And you know what? I hope he talks about one of my favorite shows, one of the live action things of the 1970s. about Shazam, Captain Marvel. That'd be really cool. I'd love to, you know, hear, hear his take on that. Even though I was disappointed as a kid with that show because I had discovered Shazam and Captain Marvel because DC was republishing the entire vault that they had obtained or close to it of the golden age of Captain Marvel and the Marvel family. And I'm like, boy, this is not exactly like the the comic book, you know. The comic book didn't have some creepy old dude by the name of Mentor driving around in an RV with a lightning bolt in the front of it with a Shazam symbol and you're not supposed to know anything connected with Shazam. I didn't get that one either. You know, as they travel the highways and byways of America with their weird adventures and an older Billy who, in my opinion, should not have been as old as he was. It was, kind of, it was a weird thing. And it was a hippie Billy too, remember? Mm-hmm. He had hippie hair. Now, was he somebody that you kind of dug? Because I think he was Mm-mm. a Tiger Beat kind of kid. He was, one no. of the, he was one of the Tiger Beat, you know, those things, stars, you know. Yeah. yeah. No. But you weren't into him back then? You know, it wasn't like, Ugh. you didn't watch the show just because he was on that at no. all. Now, one of the things too on the show that always, they always ended with a, because the show was sanitized. It was nothing like the cartoons of the 60s and it was nothing like the comic books of the 60s and even the 70s. It was very, you know, there, there, there was no a- very limited action. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. You know, the episodes were basically, you know, Captain Marvel rescuing a cat or telling you to stay in school. And they'd always end with a message, Kimmy, the Captain Marvel message. Hi, today you found out that making one mistake isn't the end of the world. You often get a second chance. Just make sure you don't mess it up or let others mess it up for you. See you next week. Remember that. Remember that, and they'd always end, you know, with a little message like that. Or even they'd have actually get two messages because in the middle part, Billy would he would contact the elders, okay, mm-hmm. the elders in the creepy RV with a creepy mentor right next to him. You know, he was an excellent actor by the name of Les Tremaine, a voiceover dude from the '50s. A lot of '50s work and '60s work in sci-fi and stuff that he did. But he'd be next to him, and then you'd have another message from the elders. Oh, elders, fleet and strong and wise, appear before my seeking eyes. The most important thing to learn today is that there's always a way to work things out by reason rather than impulsive action. You remember that, okay? Mm. And they always had a message there for Billy and also for all of us who watched that. I hope Mark talks about that. That's coming up this coming Friday in Tampa. And hopefully we'll get an opportunity to talk to Mark and make him part of the Riley and Kimmy show if he won't be shy. Do you think he'll be shy? Mm, no. No, he's been part of the Riley and Kimmy show before. But I yeah. hope I can get him a, a free from just a little bit because he's going to be really busy. He's hosting all kinds of things, all kinds of panels and things going on. We have a link to the Tampa Bay Comic Con right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. And, you know, we will be there. We are we are attendees. You know, mm-hmm. we'll be there and you won't miss us. Just uh, link to us on social media and you'll be able to find exactly where we are. And if you do see us, we'd love you to come on up and talk nerd to us or with us. You know, and if you'd like to be part of an upcoming episode, that's great. You don't have to if you don't want to. But, you know, if you don't want to be shy, you, you can say, hey, I can talk about that stuff. We'd love to hear your take on your experience at the Tampa Bay Comic Con. Now, Kimmy, we're moving around in the world of cartoons today and one of the big voices of cartoons who would you say is a big all-time if i said to you give me a voice over actor or voice talent of cartoons what is the big name that sticks out in your mind the first one mel blank very good because you and i have not prepped at all you don't even know what we're going to talk about in this episode right Mm -mm. and that's and i was curious if you would do that 
and you had no clue, and that is who we're going to talk about. Oh, Mel okay. Blank, actually, most people don't realize, had a old-time radio show of his own, and they don't associate with him doing that. Matter of fact, those who are in the know, and we have some so many very good friends that are into old-time radio, and they're not old. They're, they're people our age and younger that have discovered that they realize that Mel Blanc uh, really got his exposure in or on a show called the Jack Benny Program. That's where he really became big, even before the, the cartoons, okay? Then he became, you know, like lightning in a bottle with the cartoons, okay? Mm-hmm. But he did a lot of voiceover work, and he, was, he worked in various characters and forms with the Jack Benny program for a long time. Well, it eventually led to his own CBS radio program, Kimmy, on the network, The Mel Blanc Show. It ran from September 3rd of 1946 to June 24th of 47, and Blank would play himself as the hapless owner of a fix-it shop. It's kind of bizarre. And also had a bunch of characters that he would become and interact with them. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, they, the, the episode we're going to kick off is the, the Alpha episode, the very first one. And they do an introduction to Mel Blank, which is really cool. They go through a lot of the voices that he does, that he's known for at the time including Bugs Bunny and some other cartoon characters. And then he introduces this new character, which, as far as I know, only appeared on this radio program of his. Yet, the character kind of sounds like you took several other Warner Brothers cartoons and fused them all together. Hmm. And that's the character. He's working different elements from other characters to this one character. Rather strange, okay? But it's kind of cool from a historic thing to be checking out. Now, there are other character cast members on the show. Some have some big names to nostalgia or TV shows that you may have grown up with or have watched on certain nostalgia TV shows. Mary Jane Croft, Joseph Kearns, Hans Conried. Oh, his voice is, you might not know the name, but the voice, so many cartoons that he did. And he and did a lot of uh, camera work, which is really cool. Matter of fact, he did a Dr. Seuss movie that was done in 1950 or 51 or so. I believe it's called The 5,000 Fingers of uh, Mr. T or Dr. T. I can't remember the exact title. Uh, it's just bizarre. It's trippy. It was one of those. That if And he even talks about this. If it had made it in the box office, he would have been huge. Instead, he it did not. Reason, it was way ahead of its time. I urge you to check it out. Get TV runs it occasionally. Um, it's worth seeing because it is Dr. Seuss did some really bizarre. He, he actually worked on the sets and they, they, they don't have CGI and they do some really twisted, weird things there. It's worth checking out. And he is just manic and just excellent, uh, performance. It would work today. If you saw it, I bet. And I have a feeling maybe a Tim Burton grew up watching it somehow. You would think, wow, that's a Burton film in a way. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was, you know, 20, 30, 40 years way before it's time. He's one that is also on the Mel Blanc show and some other individuals. Jim Backus. What show would B- Jim Backus be known for, Kimmy? Oh, Gilligan's Island. And what cartoon? Oh, Mr. Magoo. That's right. And B, Benedorette. Now you say, who the devil is that? Well, B played the mother on Petticoat Junction. And she was also Jethro's scheming mother on the Beverly Hillbillies. But probably better known as the original voice of Betty Rubble. And it's kind of cool because you have Betty and Barney kind of together with, with Mel Blanc. Hmm. You know, so that's, we're kind of tying in that, uh, you know, cartoon kind of thing here. So it's a Saturday morning cartoon kind of show in a way, even though we're going to the world of old time radio. We're going back in time to September 3rd, 1946. This is the debut show of the Mel Blanc show 
on the Riley and Kimmy Show. From Hollywood, Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle presents the Mel Blanc Show. Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle brings you the Mel Blanc Show with Mary Jane Croft, Earl Ross, B. Benadera, Joe Kern, Zookie, and Victor Miller and his orchestra. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard Mel Blanc as the happy postman. Hello, Mrs. Burns. Here's your mail. Well, goodbye, Mrs. Burns. Remember, keep smiling. You've heard him as the famous train caller. Train leaving on track five for Anaheim, Azusa, and Coop. Come on, girl. You've heard him as Pedro. Pardon me for talking in your face, senorita. 30 days, Hacienda. April, June, and sombrero. <laughs> I think. You've heard him as the lovable character, Zuki. Well, I'm the fixer chop. I'm the president. I'm the vice 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 president. I sweep out the place. You heard him as the famous Warner Brothers cartoon character, Bugs Bunny. What's up, Doc? Now hear him as the star in his own show. Hello, Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. You bend it, we mend it. Do you have a broken chair in your house? A broken table in your house? Anything that's housebroken? Well, don't try to fix it yourself. Don't ruin it. Bring it to Mel Blank. Let him do it. Right now in the fix-it shop, Mel's uncle is talking to our hero's general assistant, Zuki. Zuki, come here, will you? Well, I can't. I'm too... Here I am. What time is it, Zuki? Well, according to me and my work clock, it's I can't tell you. Why can't you tell me? Well, because by the time I tell you what time it is, it's some other time. Come on, Zuki. Here come Mel and Betty. Let's get out of here. Look, darling, don't you see? The fix-it shop will never amount to a thing as long as you let your Uncle Rupert and Zuki live with you. Well, gosh, honey, I have to let them stay here. Well, why can't that uncle of yours go to work? Well, he's still weak from his overseas shots. Overseas shots? Yeah, he got them in 1917. <laughs> he spent six months in Pierre's Bar and Grill in Paris, 20 shots a night. <laughs> that I can almost believe. Oh, that's right. The last time he saw Paris, he didn't see it so good. Oh, Mel, why don't you try to be serious about business? Well, I try. And another thing, do you realize that we have been engaged now for five years? Gosh, our wooden anniversary. <laughs> don't you think we might begin toying with the idea of getting married? Oh, now, honey, you know I've been working on our nest egg. Well, we're both getting old, the egg and I. Well, yeah, but... Mel Blank, now this is what I'm talking about. Now, look. Look at this birthday card my father got from the Eternal Life Insurance Company this morning. Now, why don't you do something like that? Why don't you try to build goodwill? Okay. I'll send a birthday card to everybody in town who has a birthday this month. Oh, Mel, that's wonderful. And another thing. I'm going to talk to Uncle Rupert and put him straight. Oh, darling, it's so good to hear you talk like this. I'll tell Uncle. He'll just have to buckle down and, and loaf somewhere else. <laughs>
I'm sorry, Uncle Rupert, but that's the way it's got to be. Melvin, my boy, I'm hurt. Haven't Zuki and I been everything to you? Well, not exactly. I haven't been everything to you? No. That's why I want to get married. <laughs> you can't even cook. Well, anyway, my lad, let's not be hasty. I've got another idea. Why don't I go on living here and work for you? Oh, but Uncle Rupert, I can't afford to pay you anything. Oh, that's all right, nephew. After a while, you'll owe me so much money, I'll own the fix-it shop. Well, yeah, and but... Then you can go to work for me. Until you earn enough money to get it back. Say, both of us can make a darn good living like that for years. We... we now wait. Doesn't hit you, eh? No. Uncle Rupert, you're not talking me out of this. I see what you mean. Well, Melvin, if this means the parting of the ways... I shall simply have to ask Widow Longnecker to marry me. Oh, but you said yourself marriage is a serious thing. Are you sure Mrs. Longnecker's your type? Why, of course Clara is my type. She's rich, isn't she? Uh, yeah, but you should marry for love. Well, I love money. <laughs> but she's so long and lanky. Melvin, my lad, when a lady is that wealthy, she's not long and lanky. She's tall and stately. Well, have it your way. Now, will you send Zuki for those birthday cards? Indeed, I will. Oh, Zuki. Zuki, will you come here, please? Well, I can't. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Here I am. Mel wants you to go down to City Hall and get a list of people's birthdays. Oh, uh, people's... Yeah. Then stop off on your way back and pick up some birthday cards in the five and ten. Yeah. Have you got that straight now? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm looking for the young man. This is the Bureau of Vital Statistics. Yeah, I know. We have records on everybody from the cradle to the grave. Records on men, records on women. Also, Spike Jones playing the gypsy. <laughs> what can I do for you? Well, I, I, I'm looking for the birthday. Birthday. You know, Hey, I bet you was a beautiful baby. Oh, yes, indeed I was. Why, my mother used to... Oh, so that's it. You're expecting a baby. Oh, how could I have a baby? I'm not even married. Well, you should have thought of that before. Marriage licenses are down the hall. Hey, uh, but I'm a confirmed bachelor. I don't believe in the... I'm put loose and fancy. Fancy. Nobody wants me. Now, make up your mind what you want. Our files are complete from the cradle to the grave. We have the cross-index to ZY, counter-cross to AAL, and criss-cross to YYZ. Ending with the fiscal year MCMXLV. Now, what do you have? Let me hear Spike Jones playing the gypsy. I give up. Look, here's a list of everything we've got. You can take your pick. Oh, thanks. Gosh. This printing is sure close to the paper. Is that you, Zuki? It's about time you... Oh, oh, it's you, Mrs. Longnecker. How are you today? Oh, me. Another day, another dividend. Ah, oh, the woes of wealth. 
Well, what's the matter, Mrs. Longnecker? Oh, it's so annoying. I was at the bank all day today. You were? Yes. The bank wants to borrow some money from me. <laughs> but I'm not going to give it to them. Why not? They haven't paid the last loan I made them. If they don't pay me back soon, I'll just have to foreclose. I get more darn banks that way. <laughs> oh, money, money, money. Think of it, Melvin. I'm just swimming in wealth. What a beautiful way to drown. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, Mrs. Longnecker. Yes? Uh, were you born this month? Was I what? Were you born this month? Oh, oh, of course. I'm just out doing a little shopping for my mother who's still in the hospital. <laughs> Well, you see, I'm sending birthday cards from the fix-it shop to everybody in town who has a birthday this month. Well, what on earth for? Oh, it's a great business idea. Make a lot of money so Betty will be proud of me. <laughs> money. Doesn't that fiancé of yours realize the terrible things money can do to a human being? Why, just look at me. Yeah, maybe I ought to warn her. Uh, do you think oh, that I... Oh, my dear Clara, this is indeed a pleasure. Well, I didn't come here to give you pleasure. What do you want, Rupert? I wish I could tell you how radiant you are, my dear. How like a tall, stately slapling. <laughs> sapling. <laughs> sapling in the breeze. <laughs> yes, I wish I could tell you, but I don't have the words. Well, considering you did it without words, it was okay. <laughs> Please, Rupert, I'm in no mood for your nincompoopity. <laughs> Oh, oh, Melvin, I've quite forgotten what I came in for. I'm giving a reception tonight at the mansion, and I want you to come up and fix a loose floorboard on the front porch. A loose floorboard? Yes. Every time somebody walks into the house, the board comes up and slaps them in the face. Gee, that's embarrassing. It's even more embarrassing when they walk out. <laughs> Goodbye, Mrs. Longnecker. Well, Betty, all the birthday cards are mailed out. Oh, Mel, I can't wait to see what happens. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if someday I have to use a velvet rope to handle the crowds in front of the fix-it shop. Yes, honey. Why, the fix-it shop will become a household word. You know, like, uh, like, like Drano. <laughs> yes, darling. Can I see one of the cards? Oh, sure. Here. Oh, they're pretty. Let's see, it says, best wishes on this most joyous of all occasions, your very own natal day. Yeah, natal day. That means birthday. I looked it up. Now, wait a minute. What's this? What's what? Behind this little flap on the card. Look what it says. Oh, I didn't notice any flap. It says, I hope the gift I'm sending you under separate cover will brighten this most joyous of all occasions, your very own natal day. That, that means birthday. I... Oh, Mel, what did you do? I looked it up. Don't you realize what this means? Oh, yeah. It means I've got to get 98 birthday presents for all the people I sent cards to. Oh, if I don't, they'll never come near the fix-it shop. And you were going to keep the crowds back, with a velvet rope, no less. Well, I can still find use for the velvet rope. For what, for instance? Well, not everybody can afford to hang himself with a velvet rope. <laughs> Use it each morning and use it each night. 
take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. How often it happens. You meet a man and you think, he's a nice fellow, but... But what? Well, you hate to say it, but it's that little breath of trouble. I mean, unpleasing breath. And the chances are this chap doesn't dream that a breath of trouble is tagging him, making him unpopular, hindering him in business, spoiling his fun. Without suspecting it, you may be the victim of unpleasing breath. So be on your guard against it. Just do this. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name Colgate Tooth Powder with the accent on powder. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. Okay, come here, please. Yeah, well, okay. Don't take a chance with your ever be, ever be, ever be, ever be romance. <laughs> oh, Mel, I wish I could think of some way to help you. Gosh, Betty, what am I going to do for presents for those people? I've thought of everything. Well, it's no use worrying about it now. I guess something like this could happen to anybody. Yeah, but it always happens to me. Oh, Mel. Betty, you know you're the only girl in the world for me, don't you? Am I? You're the only girl who'll have me. <laughs> and and you're so pretty, too. You know, every morning I think of you while I'm shaving. Uh, I'm glad. Sure. I look in the mirror and I say to myself, Gosh, you're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, you, you know what I mean. You're so sweet and I'm such a worthless, brainless, shiftless, stupid... Gee, aren't you going to interrupt me? <laughs> oh, don't worry, darling. Everything will be all right. The world always has an opening for someone like you. You just have to find it. What do you mean, find an opening? Look at the hole I'm in now. Melvin, my lad, your troubles are over. What do you mean, Uncle Rupert? In this big package, you see 100 beautiful boxes of candy. They'll make a hundred most appropriate birthday presents for the people you sent the birthday cards to. Hey, that's swell, but where did you get them? It so happens I ran across a dear old friend today, one Harry Greenspagel, who now owns the Ace Novelty Company. Yeah? Ah, good old Greenspagel. Used to be a fellow vendor in a burlicue house in Hoboken. Uncle Rupert, I never knew you sold things in the burlesque house. Huh? Oh, <laughs> uh, purely educational. Photographic knowledge... For a gentleman who never went to college. Postcards, to be exact. Postcards? Oui, oui. Ooh la la. Uncle Rupert. Oh, uh, inspirational views of the Eiffel Tower. Oh. <laughs> well, let's get these boxes in the mail. Say, I'll be doing better than the life insurance company. They only sent out birthday cards to customers. The cheapskates. Yeah. I'll be sending bonbons by Greenspagel. De Paris. I guess this will show people in this town this isn't a melon I have for a head. That's right, Melvin. You've got brains in that melon. Uncle 
Uncle Rupert, it was nice of you to get that candy for Mel. You know me, Betty. Unselfish to a fault. <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, I don't understand it. We mailed that candy out two days ago, and we haven't received one thank you note. Not even a phone call. Oh, look, here comes Mrs. Longneck. Ah, maybe this is my chance to win her hand. The one that signs the checks. <laughs> I have just one box of candy left. I'll try it on her and see how she likes it. Well, good luck to you. I'll leave you two alone. Ah, Clara, my dear. Uh, hello, Rupert. So glad you dropped in. Now, Rupert. I'm in no mood for your nincompoopity. <laughs> but, Clara, I have a beautiful gift for you. A gift for me? Oh, how nice, Rupert. Yes, a box of French bonbons, direct from Paris. Made by my very good friend, Monsieur Greenspago. Oh, you shouldn't have done it. <laughs> oh, it's quite all right. A gift for the fairest of the fair. They come to you untouched by human hands. Greenspago wrapped them himself. Well, I, I must open them immediately and try one. Try one of the peanut clusters. Oh, but these are not peanut clusters. These, these are ordinary peanuts. If I'd known you were coming, my dear, I'd have clustered them myself. Yes. Well, no, I think I'll try one of these caramels. Mm. Mm. Delicious, aren't they, my dear? Mm. Stop jumping up mm. and down, Claire. Mm. What the devil's the matter with her? to Mrs. Longnecker. Maybe she hasn't learned how to use her new upper plate. <laughs> Learn? What does she do? Take lessons? Hey, what happened anyway? Hold on. What's this inside the candy box? What? Oh. Oh. Ace Novelty Company's number one joker. Be the life of the party. Treat your friends to sure pucker alum candy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Fifty mirthquakes to a box. Laugh yourself to death. There's been some mistake, nephew. Oh, some mistake is right. I can just see 98 people chasing me down the street, all of them yelling, Kill Bill Black! Kill Bill Black! No, take it easy, take it easy. What are you doing? Can't you see? I'm laughing myself to death. Laughing! ha, ha, ha! Gosh, I feel awful. Gosh, if only one of those people we sent the candy to would say something, if they'd only do something, why don't they? It takes a little time. A lawyer. Gee. I bet they could send me to the state penitentiary for doing this to people. They can't send you to a state penitentiary, Melvin. Of course they can. Using the mails to defraud is a federal offense. <laughs> state penitentiary and federal prison. You know what I'll have pinned on me? A two-way stretch. Mel, now don't be silly. Hey, uh, 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 the mailman is coming. Oh, he's got to uh, load the mail. Hey, uh, you'd better leave by the back door, Mel. Yes, nephew, run for the hills. No, Uncle Rupert. I'm going to face the music. Well, well. Quite a bit of mail for you today, Mr. Blank. Wait. All those boxes. It's the candy we sent out. And those are all the birthday cards. Here. Let me see. Hey. Hey, they all read the same way. Listen. Return to sender. Addressee deceased. That means dead. I looked it up. Huh? 
say, Mel, I think I know what happened. Well, I wish you'd tell me. Don't you see? Zuki got the wrong list down at City Hall. Instead of birthdays, he got the names of people who passed away. Oh. Then I'm safe. Nothing happened. That's right, and you can thank Zuki for that. Gosh, yeah. Gee, you saved my life, Zuki. I could kiss you. Hey, uh, you can't kiss me. Uh, don't you dare to Don't you dare. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Well, we'll be back in the fix-it shop in just a minute for a Zookieism. What's a Zookieism? <laughs> Wait and see. Use Colgate tooth powder, keep smiling just right. Use it each morning and use it each night. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate tooth powder. Take it from me, that little breath of trouble, I mean unpleasing breath, can put the end in friendship or even give the air to a love affair. And the worst of it is, you may not even suspect it, because unpleasing breath can catch up with you without your knowing it. So ask yourself, could you be the victim of unpleasing breath? Guard against it this way. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate tooth powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate tooth powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name Colgate tooth powder with the accent on powder. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. Well, Zuki, we had quite an experience with those birthday cards. You know, Zuki, I like to feel that you learned something from it. Yes, Zuki, everything has a moral. Just what did you learn? Well, to tell you the truth, I learned that anything worth you must keep your nose to the grindstone. You gotta keep your nose to the grindstone. I learned that. It sure pays to be ignorant. Easton reminding you that Colgate Tooth Powder, for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle, brings you the Mel Blanc Show every Tuesday at this same time. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday night for more fun with Mel and the people you'll meet in Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. The Mel Blanc Show was written by David Victor and Herb Little Jr. and was produced and directed by Joe Ryan. Say hello to Halo Shampoo if you want naturally bright and beautiful hair. For Halo Shampoo contains no soap, therefore leaves no dulling soap film. Halo lets hair sparkle with natural brilliance. Even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather to quickly carry away loose dandruff and dirt. Halo needs no lemon or vinegar rinse. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to dulling soap film. 
Get Halo shampoo at any cosmetic counter. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Visit Riley to connect on social media and for archive podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.